What is up, everybody? Welcome to Wayward Artists in a Wayward World. I'm Sid, and joining me today is playwright Matthew Weaver. Matt, how are you doing? Hello. Uh, you having good. a good day so far? I am. It's <laughs> Friday. It's been a good day. Mm-hmm. Got got off work a little early and was able to dash over to Retro Donuts and got some Huckleberry Fritters. And so, yeah, it's been a good day. So, far. Oh, wow. I, I miss eating donuts. <laughs> uh, Food. For the audience, <laughs> uh, I, I'm on the paleo diet right now, so I can't uh, have bread, really. So mm, I no mm. desserts for me. <laughs> mm. But, you know, I, I actually had a cheat day two days ago, McDonald's, and Nice. Yeah, it, no, it wasn't nice because <laughs> after <laughs> three weeks of eating healthy food, I ate McDonald's and I was like, wow, this is this is not good anymore. <laughs> the difference. Yeah, yeah, the difference. You can tell. Yeah. And mm. so I am still committed to eating healthy. Um, well, it, it's good. It reestablished that you're like, yes, no, I am doing doing what I should be doing. Yeah, especially with all this uh, this crazy Corona stuff. I feel like we got to yeah. take care of each other. Um, right. Matthew. um before I get into like who you are and what you do, I think like the one thing I never told you, and this is coming from listening to Hamilton recently, I feel like you fit the mm. description of uh, uh, nonstop. Have you? Do you know what that song is? I, I do. I I saw the musical and I have the soundtrack, and so yeah, yes, I do. Yeah. So like you know, uh, you. why do you write like you're running out of time? You know. <laughs> so to give the audience context, um, um, who are you and what you do? Well, I'm a, a local Spokane playwright and screenwriter, and uh, have I, for the last more than a decade, kind of I've made my goal to average a writing a half hour a day. I work uh, by day for a day job for an agriculture newspaper, and after writing all day, I decide to write for at least a half hour more mm-hmm. if I can, or something that is that feels like some sort of forward advancement, forward momentum for myself, mm-hmm. and like. It, You've been like uh, the posts on Facebook and everything like you, you write consistently. Like, uh, I think uh, what, what are, were you up to last year? What was like your number? Oh, um, as far as far as submissions or as far as, 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 far, writing? as far as maybe submissions or even writing too. Like. I try to, I try to, well, I try to write a half hour a day. So it averages that or something, like I said, that feels like uh, forward momentum. And then I try to average a submission a day as well. And so um, this year I, I haven't checked, but I'm close to 365, but I'm not quite there yet. And that's a little, little further along than i usually am at this time of year so So a submission a day yeah i try to yeah i try to i try to average that so there's still like a couple weeks where you're lagging but then um and i count it as each individual submission is a i i consider it like kind of like benjamin franklin Mm -hmm. i've got the kite up in the air Mm -hmm. the string is attached to it and i'm putting up key after key after key and one of them lightning's got to strike because right now the kite's up there and there's a lot of keys and hopefully something will strike in the right spot i mean eventually it does because uh yeah uh, your plays have been produced everywhere 24 states canada ireland japan england i think that's it for right now i I haven't been able to cross the the 25th state hurdle yet but i'm working on it. yeah that's it's (laughs) still very impressive i don't even know uh I didn't even know there was like 300 and uh, like such and such <laughs> places where you can submit <laughs> plays. Like there seems like. Yeah. Well, 
there's the NYC Playwrights uh, website, uh, a lot in that posts free opportunities. Um, I very much uh, try to stick to mostly free opportunities. I think one of the first years I was like, I'll submit. Uh, I'd submit to all over and pay as many submission fees as I could and rapidly realize that that doesn't pen, pen or pencil out very quickly, at least with your pocket um pocketbook wallet i was gonna say wallet or pocketbook mm. and i went with pocketbook so <laughs> no um <laughs> um uh so now it's kind of like it's a uh it'll be if it's something i've heard about or it has a pretty good reputation or in the last couple of years like you get like feedback that is helpful i might be inclined to resubmit uh, again but and then sometimes it's like okay i've submitted to a couple things that come with kind of lofty um submission fees and after one or two three times of mm. being rejected you're kind of like well you know what how much do i want to pay for this no and then you'll, you'll go from there so that's crazy and uh did you go to uh, school for playwriting i did not i went to washington state university for journalism mm. i did take a playwriting course at wsu from uh the late great paul wadley mm. uh and so for one semester um and i had in- minored in english <coughs> Excuse me. Um, in high school, I tried out for drama my freshman year and did so poorly, I fled to newspapers. <laughs> but I hung out with all the drama kids. But um, I like to sleep too much to really like like immerse myself in it. Mm-hmm. And my, my mom and dad stressed very much growing up, you like to eat too much, you're going to need a day job, and then you can do the writing and the fun stuff on the side. And so my... Um, with with the newspaper business i never know when i'm gonna have like a a sudden meeting out of town or something so i can't commit to the acting so much i'd love to do it i i I think i'm a frustrated actor kind of i'm a ham so i'm not necessarily a good actor but it would be fun to do all that Mm -hmm. but i just never know so i can't uh justify telling my bosses hey i'm not going to be able to do anything evening work for six weeks Mm -hmm. while this play is going on um even even like re- rehearsals for plays where I get to sit in as playwright, mm-hmm. sometimes something will come up and I'm like, well, I can be here when I can be here. But if it's something I really need to do, I try to give my bosses a head up, heads up and say, all right, unless it's an emergency. And even if it's an emergency, I will not be available this day because my play is going on. Someone else is going to have to cover this. But um, so for the so the right now my schedule allows me pretty much playwriting is about the bulk of the commitment i can actually make yeah especially like nowadays since there's really not much going on right right <laughs> yes. right right well this was the, yeah this was all pre-covid type situations but yeah. yeah that's wild um i liked what you said that um you did so horribly in acting that you fled to journalism where i felt like yeah. um that was kind of the opposite of me because i was uh going to gonzaga for journalism and english and uh-huh. I fled both of those to go to theater and, <laughs> and uh, initially <laughs> acting and stuff like that. But, you know, doing this whole directing, producing and even acting, yeah. too. I like I think I've been I, can, I think I'm comfortable enough saying that I'm a pretty good actor uh, under the mm-hmm. right circumstances. I mean, like, right. like, aren't most actors that way? <laughs> like they're right. a good actor under most circumstances, a.k.a. the director picks them and they're the right, right for the job. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, so oh, what was it? I'm sorry, go on. Go oh, on. no, I was going to ask you a question, but this is your show. All right, Matthew, go ahead. Go ahead, you. <laughs> well, you're the host. You go ah, ahead. You're so nice. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, it's I love journalism. I think like with this podcast and everything, like it, it, the reason why I've been doing so well at it is because of my past journalism experience and getting to interview yeah. people. I think I only interviewed two people in my life, um, one for an RV show, and then uh, my good friend uh, Sarah Berenston. Sorry, Sarah, if you're listening to this, uh, she was <laughs> she was part of Mama Doll. Have you ever heard oh. of that band? Local mm-hmm. band in mm-hmm. Spokane. Cool. Um, but yeah, how do we know each other, Matt? Well, we know each other because uh, through the Spokane Civic Theater, as part of their Playwrights Forum Festival, they would hold, host a playwright gathering of all the local theaters, mm-hmm. and they would invite the local playwrights to come in, and you too, Sid, are a local playwright. So that's, I think, our first kind of getting on each other's wavelength. Mm-hmm. Well, and, then, and then we were both co participants in the terrain art show last year Mm -hmm. as well yeah well i wouldn't say necessarily i'm a a playwright per se um i do write did you write a play yeah but like then you're a playwright i I feel like i identify more as director um and diving into that knowledge and uh, theory and teaching that um i'm actually more comfortable to (laughs) you like i i I don't think i can (laughs) teach like playwriting and if i if i can teach something i feel like um i'm an expert at that well not no i'm not not necessarily an expert at that but that's my specialty you know well whatever whatever you're comfortable with yeah and i do yeah i do love writing i think i feel like my writing comes Mm -hmm. uh as circumstantial you know like it has to it has to manifest and it has to like it's like it's like Mm -hmm. a stew it's gotta like sit in my brain for a little while but and then yeah once the stew's ready you just gotta you know, set the plates. Right. You know what I mean, that I'm trying right. to use that analogy. <laughs> um, what's impressive about you is because uh, we had Art Portillas on the show, a very good friend of mine. Um, mm-hmm. He is a playwright. He's at San Francisco mm-hmm. University studying creative writing, and uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember the other degree that he's doing, but he writes plays. Um, he's won a lot mm-hmm. of awards, and he has a specific style. You know, like he's focused on a specific thing. But with you, Matt, what's fascinating about you is because you have all these submissions and all these plays that you wrote. I, I'm not really sure, like, what what's a Matthew Weaver play, you know, because, like, I feel like you dip your toes into everything that you do. Like there are multiple, multiple definitions. I like to play. It's I'm using the spaghetti method to continue a cooking analogy. Mm-hmm. I've got the noodles. I'm throwing them up against the wall and we're seeing what sticks mm-hmm. and some things have stuck and. Other stuff, it's like, okay, that didn't stick this time. Let's see if we can try it again. Yeah. So, uh, like, if someone were to ask, like, uh, what what is a Matthew? Like, what defines your style? Uh, I I would say it's a combination of quirky, heartfelt, and sincere. Yeah. I and, I feel like a lot of your plays do feel, fit that way, too. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, no, that's I, fine. I was remembering a few of your shows that you did, like uh, Jonah and the Whale. I was a little quirky and heartfelt. Right. And then the play mm-hmm. that I wish like I could have gotten to direct, which you know, not to, um, not to like you know, toot my own horn, but I feel like I would have been able right. to direct it <laughs> if uh, we weren't in COVID. Um, Willie's mom gets in the car. That was. There's still hope. Yeah. There's still hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, I, I, I related to that play a lot. Um, do you want to talk about that show specifically? Sure. Um, just kind of in response to a lot of the, the school shootings and things, uh, I, um, I'm thinking how to, how to put all this into, into thoughts. Um, 
I woke up one morning and it was like, well, one of the things that I'm sure a lot of us have thought was where are, when there, when such an instance happens, where are the parents? And you kind of want the parents to kind of step in and, and maybe kind of like say, Hey, what are you doing? But in, in a loving fashion. Uh, and so that kind of led to just what happened. I'm a big believer in what if for a lot of my plays, just essentially what if this happened and you're like, okay, let's explore it. So in this particular case, it was like, okay, what if this kid is about to go into the school, psyching himself up, gearing up, he's decided. And all of a sudden his mom comes along and gets in the car in the backseat behind him and says, essentially what I think a lot of us have thought, what are you doing? But it's your mom. It's your, the person who's supposed to be there and supportive and kind of say, what are you doing? Don't you know what what this would mean to me and to those of us who love you if you follow through on these actions? Yeah, and when I read it, like the way I kind of related to it is, um, you know, listening to other people and the, like their pain, mm-hmm. you know, like I feel like, and not to go too deep into that, uh, your, that one show, mm-hmm. um, I felt like, you know, Willie's mom, wasn't like antagonizing her son even though he was about to do this really bad thing like which i appreciate that you know like there are a lot of things that i've done in my life like not on the scale that willie's done obviously but you know things um where i wish somebody was just there for me you know and to just talk about my feelings and what i'm going through and the pain that i'm feeling you know like Mm -hmm. sometimes people are like super alone and don't know how to manifest like what to do with those feelings and i feel like that captured that a lot Mm -hmm. and i was really excited to potentially they never really announced who uh who was going to direct what but i I wrote a really good proposal and you read it (laughs) yeah yes yes you did so yeah so um and hope hope springs eternal that they've just said it's postponed Mm -hmm. so we'll we'll see hopefully at one point We'll have some answers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of answers, uh, this guy's gals and non-binary pals. This is Wayward Artists in the Wayward World. Each and every Sunday, I sit with a wayward artist and we talk about a person they're thankful for. Uh, it's based on Jared Petty's podcast, Pockets uh, Full of Soup, um, where it's basically the same format. Uh, if, Jared, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I kind of stole <laughs> it, but you weren't really using it at the time. You're doing You're doing your own thing out there and with all this COVID stuff, I thought it would be a good time to resurrect this type of format. It's been really great so far, and I've been enjoying the ride. And so, Matt, um, do you prefer Matt or Matthew? First of- I actually do prefer Matthew. Okay, um, Matthew, um, I'm going to ask you the question I ask each and every guest on each and every Sunday. Sure. Um, tell me someone you're thankful for. Okay, and you said we could either pick one person or we could cheat, and I've decided to cheat. Okay. <laughs> so uh, first, first immediate um, is automatically mom, dad, and Stephen, my brother. Mm-hmm. We're very close. We're very tight. Uh, the last couple months have been – the first couple months of the, um, the lockdown were really difficult because we didn't see each other at all. I mean, we talked on the phone all the time and stuff, but that was hard. Mm-hmm. And, um mother's day came along and it was like okay this is not going to fly so we have been able to like hang out in the backyard with social distancing separate and we've done that for a couple functions there was mother's day my dad's birthday father's day uh mom and dad's anniversary and coming up my mom and i share a birthday so we'll get together then and then um so so that's been helpful and like steven and i have been able to um 
go to like different get takeout and then we'll hang out at our, on our respective cars in the parking lot with like a space between us and stuff. So we're still having dinner and stuff like that together and stuff because uh, uh, he and I like uh, we both grew up here in Spokane. Uh, we both left for like uh, um, to go to school at WSU. I was gone for about five years, worked in Moses Lake for the paper there and then came back and I've been back about 12 years now. So we like to go to like different restaurants and try different things in the city that we grew up in and get to see it kind of through grown up eyes and stuff like that. And so like we do like the Inlander does the restaurant week every February and stuff. And we were able to do that this year. We like to take a couple days off and try different things. So they are so supportive of the riding of uh, just me in general. So they're automatically the, the first three people that you, I've got a list since lockdown too. I, I uh, have been checking in pretty regularly with like a couple fellow the, theatrical folks like, um, and I want to shout out to uh, Jenny Oliver and Tristan Canfield. We've been checking in on each other and just kind of say, Hey, how are What's going on? How are you doing? Uh, and then since lockdown as well, um, I'm on several of the like the online dating sites and stuff like that. Uh, and on Meet Me, they're doing live streaming. And like just after the lockdown had just kind of like kind of kicked in, I stumbled into a particular live streamer's stream. I think that's how it is named L. And since then, we've kind of like. Um, my uh, my name on there is Sexy Marshmallow Man because of course it is, <laughs> and so uh, she has a very entertaining crew there, and so it's kind of the equivalent of like walking into like the local bar and everyone's like, "Hey, how are you?" and stuff. So she calls me Marshy. The whole group has started calling me Marshy, uh, and so like I, I like to log in like when when she's on, and everyone's like, "Hey, Marshy," and then you say hi to everybody and stuff, and then like at the end of the night, sometimes if you listen the whole time, she'll be like, "Good night, everybody," and then she tries to like give a shout out to particular people and to eat. I, it, it's nice to get like a good night marshy and so it's kind of tapping into that that community and i think all of us are kind of like it's we're keeping each other bolstered and supportive mm. so i would that's my cheat yeah um you should consider changing your name to sexy marshy uh, marshmallow you know, <laughs> uh, as your like stage name <laughs> <laughs> sexy marshmallow man yeah. will be appearing in yeah yeah so. like that's that's super cool that you're uh, connecting with all these people especially like between your family but like also online um have you seen any theater people uh, in the wild um at all well no um bumped into like a couple of people just in here like is it you because you but um a couple a couple of us have recognized each other behind the masks and stuff like that but not so much to like you know hang out hang out socially too much i mean uh tristan and jenny we we've done like just like brief like pauses and stuff like that like with again with social distances and stuff like that but um yeah but that's kind of not right now, it's so hard right now it's so weird to kind of know what to do and how to do it and so the the other thing that i've kind of started doing and i'm so sorry because this goes totally against your your dietary restrictions mm -hmm. i have um i do not drink but i um stumbled across on facebook a recipe for beer bread mm -hmm. and it was it claimed that all you needed to do was um, you needed a can of beer, flour, and sugar, and you could make beer bread. And I thought, well, you know, that'd be something to try. Uh, and um, 
I hung out with a girl in college, and we and she had talked about Guinness and the the little function in the can that that. And so I we we're still friends. So I called her up and I was like, "It's Guinness, right?" And she's like, "Yeah, Guinness." So I tried some Guinness beer bread. The recipe was erroneous because you need baking powder too. Baking powder is very important. <laughs> so after two two flops, uh, I found a, a legit recipe and have been kind of just making beer bread. But the the, the um, so I made these two loaves, and the accidental result of that is now when I see an ad for a beer, sometimes I'm like, "Huh, I wonder what kind of bread that would make." <laughs> and so I I apparently got a knack for it i'm i think i'm over 30 loaves now uh and so i'm just trying like different beers just and i i have no palate whatsoever so i'm trying just like stuff that the name sounds cool uh downtown like um river city brewing has kung fu death monkey and i was like oh i have to make kung fu death monkey beer bread and it that's led to trying other stuff i've tried like um quilter's irish death i i um i'm hearing from other folks oh you should try this and this like um uh jenny recommended odin's um amber ale Mm -hmm. and so i've tried that and so and so i'm also making it for friends and like family because otherwise i'd be eating all these loaves by myself and that would probably not be a good thing. So it's, it's been a good way. I've been able to kind of reconnect with like, like some friends from I haven't seen since high school and just kind of like occasionally it's like, Hey, would you want a loaf? If like it happened to land on your porch or if it happened to, or we'll do like a um, schedule, a drop off in like a parking lot or something like that, where I'll kind of slide it across the car again with like social distancing as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And just, just a way to kind of keep connected, something to do, something to keep your mind off it and, or off, things and and it, it, it's really if i can do it pretty much i would think anyone would be able to do it so yeah i uh the only time i've ever had beer bread is um soulful soups has beer bread and yeah. it, it's it's mm-hmm. wonderful it, it was probably like the yeah. best loaf of bread i've ever had and the soup <laughs> and the soup too, uh, too is uh, beer cheese soup as well Yes. Yeah, just throw beer mm. in anything. It's going to taste good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've, had, I've had friends say, oh, it's phenomenal. So when, when and if the, the local fair comes back, I'm hoping to submit a couple, couple loaves and see what happens. So. Oh, yeah. That, absolutely do that. Um, I want to go. Uh, I want to talk about your family because sure. um, we've talked about family on this show. But uh, okay. here's the thing. I don't want to say the O word, uh, but you're definitely one of the, uh, our mature uh guest on the uh. show. Um so the perspective of parents that have talked about the show are my age and younger. So I'm kind of curious right. to know about um your journey with your family and your journey as a playwright. Because you didn't initially you, I, th- I believe at the beginning of the show you said um you initially didn't go to school for like theater you went for journalism and no yeah no and degree is in journalism but i wanted to like like i said friends in high school with the drama kids in college i like the kids who like would do the comedic improv shows and stuff but again like drama kids don't sleep and i like to sleep too much plus I was I, I'm committed to like i was committed to the newspaper in college um, and now like in, in the daily life I need to be able to pretty much function eight to five. So staying up until like one or two with, with the theatrical kids, as much fun as that would be, um, I need, I, I need my sleep. So, um, uh, so uh, when I was in Moses, but I always wanted to do that. That's what I 
really wanted to do. I like the creative writing, the storytelling. Um, so I, like I wrote, took playwriting course in college and then um, would like to write, write the half hour a day. Um, so I would also support like the local theaters, the, the plays. When I worked for the Moses Lake paper, I would write previews for the, the upcoming shows. And because that's what I would like to do, but I, I need the day job. I like to eat too much and stuff. So, um, uh, so when I moved back to Spokane, I, um, decided I wanted to write a full length play to and complete it to finish something. And I had gotten comfortable enough with one of the directors through the Soap Lake theater. And since I was no longer there writing for the paper, it wasn't journalistically like ethically, it wouldn't have been, as, wouldn't have been questionable. So after I wrote it and got it to a point where I was satisfied with it, I called him and I said, Hey, I wrote a play. I've never written a play before a full length. Um, would you mind taking a look and telling me what I did wrong? And so I sent it to him. He was, he was glad to say it. We'd, we'd connected enough that I felt comfortable doing this. He called a couple of weeks later and he said, Matthew, I've read your play. It works. Can I show this to our artistic director? And I said, sure, you're welcome to do that. And then she called a couple of weeks later and he said, and she said, Matthew, can, can we put this on? And I said, sure. So first full length play I wrote, Got nine performances in the summer of, I think it was 2013. Uh, it was a comedy bedroom farce. It was about a married couple who they, um, they're both confined to their bed. The wife is pregnant and just about to give birth. And the husband uh, was an outdoors newspaper columnist who had broken both of his legs. And so um, they're both confined to the bed. They have a nurse who's taking care of them. She kind of has a thing for bad boys. And then the the husband's brother is kind of a dashing ne'er-do-well rogue who comes in with his bimbo girlfriend, Twinkie. And so it all mm-hmm. takes place in the bedroom. And so... Um, so I, it, it's, it's about two hours away. So I, I'd get questions and can we, can we cut this? Can you add this part in and stuff like that? So I'm fine, made some adjustments. So the first actual um, scene of a performance was opening night. And so we get there and on stage is this big red curtain. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I wrote a play. <laughs> and my thought was, oh my gosh, if it's bad, we're stuck here for two and a half hours. And the curtains parted, the uh, lights go up, the actors started saying their lines. I was like, oh, they got this. And it was, um, it was a roller coaster, but it was also life affirming. I was like, yep, this is, this is what I want to do. And so in that, my mom, dad, and brother, they all went with me that night. And we went back every um, Sunday matinee. And then... Um, my second grade teacher was there in the audience. I had college professors there in the audience and stuff like that. So, and it was just, and my second grade teacher got a shout out too, because um, um, the the office manager at the time, she came out on stage and she's, my understanding is Matthew's second grade teacher is here in the audience from Spokane. So <laughs> it was just, it was like the perfect alignment of everything. That's crazy. I mean, like, especially like the, the first play you ever written was something yeah. that was like produced. Like, yeah. uh, do you mind if I ask, like, how old you were at the time when uh, you're... Well, I'm probably 33. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm going to be 40. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 40 years old. Gosh, that's... I, I'm, what, 28? I'm about... I'm almost there. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, you're, I'm you're, you're not... You're, this O word, you're not too far yeah, off. Yeah, I'm... So. I guess I'm not... Yeah, I guess I'm not. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, in comparison, we, we, we had uh, some of the kids I mentor um, 
yeah, right. like they're 14, 16, 17. So yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm older, <laughs> I'm a little bit older than them, but yeah, I'm yeah, we're not old. We're young, we're young at heart, right. you know. Um exactly. Maturity wise, we'll 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 show up. Yeah, maturity wise, you've existed longer than I have. <laughs> yes, but immaturity wise, yeah, still. So um <laughs> let's see, you had the this play. Um mm-hmm. was that the moment where you're like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna keep doing this as like my uh, career well i think well i've all my dream job is actually to be a head writer for general hospital uh, a what the soap opera uh, oh head writer for general hospital the soap opera. oh so and that i've wanted to do since like probably high school so so this is all and then like to write my right to be a soap opera writer would probably be my actual ap- absolute dream job but so this is all part of it um so yeah, so like I've known, I've always wanted to do the the creative writing. But again, mom and dad, you need a day job. You like to eat, which they're right. So um, so it's just um, not not that the job uh, is just to pay the bills, but it pays the bills, which is a very important thing. Mm-hmm. So um, so it's it's just kind of that's that's why the the half hour a day just for myself to know that hey, yes, I made an advancement for myself personally because i think the it was like the first maybe year and a half at the newspaper i wasn't writing i would write kind of just sporadically and then like maybe like once every two weeks to a month and that was not satisfying so um i i finally was like okay if i write a half hour a day it um i took a lot of example um steve martin the comedian actor screenwriter uh, playwright uh, if I could knock anyone down and steal their career it would be Steve Martin's um, he talks about when he started out playing the banjo he would say well I'm not very good but I bet if I play a little bit every day eventually I'll have done this for 50 years and I'll be pretty good at that point and that's what happened for Steve Martin so it's kind of kind of that example mm-hmm. oh that yeah I love Steve Martin anything he does but mm-hmm. I, yeah I've I know he writes stuff too. I've never uh, mm-hmm. read any of the things that he wrote. Um, Picasso at the Lapine Agile is the imaginary meeting of Albert Einstein and Pablo Picasso right before they become Albert Einstein and Pablo Picasso. And it's my favorite play of all time. probably. Yeah. I've never, I've heard of that. I think I, it sounds very familiar. Yeah. Um, but no, that's cool. I think what's cool about your path right now is that you're still you're working in journalism. That's your degree. You know, like most people have to work, uh, you know, the busing tables and stuff like that. Like my job, you know, despite <clears throat> despite the fact that I really like, do love my job. Uh, and I'm not just saying that uh, in case my work hears this and they're like, we're going <laughs> to fire this guy, you know, <laughs> um, you know, like I sincerely love it because um, it pays right. well. It um it's uh, relatively laid back. I get health insurance from it and it's a m- yeah. morning to afternoon job, all that. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Re- really great job I've had so far. Um, I know at the end of the day, that's not going to be the job that I want, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. uh, I, it's not the thing that I have studied for the last uh, mm-hmm. five to six years of my life, you know, um, to know that you're doing journalism right now. It's like, Oh yeah. Well, I, despite the fact that you want to write for a general hospital, which uh, right. probably younger people who uh, are on, uh, who listen to the show don't know what General Hospital. Well, I think General Hospital still air- airs. It is still on. Uh, it's still on. Mm-hmm. It's one of four so- four soap operas still on. And um, 
and I think you a lot of a lot of programming that you do watch has its roots in soap operas and drama. A lot of podcasts, a lot of date back till it can be compared to the radio soap format mm-hmm. and stuff. So I mean, like it's altered and changed over the course of time. I think, and right now with with the the lockdown situation, everything's kind of up in the air. But um, it, it's a um, it's a good opportunity for storytelling and one um it one of my favorite right novelists and um also a soap opera writer michael malone says that if charles dickens were alive today he would be writing soap operas because that's pretty much what he would do so i mean all you need is a good story and compelling characters and go yeah i i love soap operas i i don't watch them yeah. but uh there's this weird phase when i was six years old and i was watching right. soap operas because my mom was watching them um are, yep. are, you, are yep. you familiar with passions oh yes oh. oh yeah no like i followed soaps religiously mm-hmm. and still to this day can maintain and like so yeah all the models and like the pet yeah mm-hmm. general hospital is my is my main jam i want to be a quarter main so badly yeah. but um yeah. yeah but no i followed all of them and like i um throughout high school had a subscription i i would earn money to uh and paid for my own subscription to soap opera weekly oh, wow. which also helped experience help me um journalistically as well because a lot of the a lot of the best journalism tricks i have i i learned from soap opera weekly yeah i uh that is like the most quirkiest thing i think we've had on the show <laughs> like uh, <laughs> like i i love it no i like i'm not like uh like i think soap operas are great like they are kind of like yeah queer in a way but like on mm-hmm. tv like it's so over over the top acting super dramatic mm-hmm. you know it's it's kind of like it's almost like theater in a way you know it's um passions was the one what i oh, yeah keep- yeah what i what i like about soap operas is it's the only place where an event can happen and you can show the ripple effect of course across the course of years actual time there have been people who are still on the show who have been on for 20 years, 30 years, something that happened 30 years ago can still be impacting the canvas today. The only other place this happens is real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can do it with a novel, you can do it with a movie, but you have to at some point be like blurry. Okay. 30 years later or something like that. No, with soap operas, it's actually 30 years later. And it's like, okay, this is still happening. This is, this is why, the Cassadines tried to freeze the world 30, 40 years ago and, and things like that. And so like characters will ripple. And I think a lot of the shows today, the networks are kind of like, Oh my gosh, we have all this history. What a burden when no, it's, 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 it's a, it's a gift. It's something that you can like mine and kind of build. And, and I think the audience appreciate, especially like the long running audience of people who have watched with their moms or their grandmas or something like that. It's like, Oh my gosh. So Robert Scorpio is still on the screen. Um, Victor Newman is still on the screen. And so it's just kind of, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's, like in my family on Thanksgiving, we would turn the TV and watch the Quartermains have their Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was just part of our family tradition and things like that. Yeah. Um, and what's great about it too, is like uh, you talk about the canon and some shows going on for 30 years. Like uh, yeah, sometimes actors do get replaced on the show, but like they, right? and it, <laughs> you could be watching like 
again, I'm using Passions because that's the one I watched. And I think Sunset. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if you know uh, Sunset Beach. Sunset Beach as well. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. oh my goodness. I don't think I, I, I had I had, a, <laughs> I had a subscription to Soap Opera Weekly. So I, every <laughs> week I would be pouring through this and being like, okay, one day I'm going to have my own soap and I'm going to be. So, yeah, no, like. Alistair Crane, um, Gregory Richards. Yeah. So like, um, yeah. Tabitha mm-hmm. and Timmy and all those. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Right. I don't, right. Like, it, it's filling me with joy right now. Cause I don't think I could ever <laughs> like, I don't think I, even like people my age, like t- 28 and all that, like, I don't think they would have any idea what I'm talking about when I talk about the actress who played uh, Teresa on passions is right now guesting on general hospital temporarily filling in for one of the actresses there but uh just recently someone like posted a clip of one of her biggest scenes on passions where uh she was chasing gwen someone else was chasing gwen and then teresa enters because she's chasing both of them oh no um gwen was chasing jt the 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 slimy journalist and then teresa was chasing gwen and she has to pause and deliver this monologue about why she's chasing both of them and it's just this two minute which pretty much summarizes the whole show i'll send you the link to it just so for your own benefit but it was like and she just rattles it off rattles it off and then she's and because i love ethan and then dashes off too and it's just yeah yeah i'm yeah you saying all these names and like yeah i remember those people <laughs> like it's like it's so crazy they're family yeah they they're they've yeah. been uh they kind of been kept in the back in the recessive of my mind right <laughs> like right. they have not been accessed for like the past 20 years or something i think did, I did you I, did you see do you remember nurse precious the orangutan uh Oh no! I I don't. I think there was. I think was it in the later there, season? Yeah, I think so. Probably. Yeah, I think so. that's where I kind of dropped off. Once I yeah. <laughs> once I became like an older teenager, you know, right. like I stopped watching those kinds of shows because right. they're like, oh man, that's right. my that's my mom's show, you know. Mm. Um, but I remember like I was just talking to some like some people that we know, like girls in Saudi Arabia, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then being like describing like how love like when i was six years old i was describing how love how love feels based on an episode mm-hmm. of passions you know mm-hmm. and i was like like re- re- reflecting on that moment it's like what a weird thing for a six-year-old to say you know <laughs> you know or like a six or a seven-year-old i was very uh i was in tune to my feelings if you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> um but no uh where i'm like this is just a wild conversation. I never thought we would ever <laughs> talk about soap operas, but um, no, um, yeah. So you wanted to be a writer on General Hospital. It again, right. it, it's one of those things that reminds me of my own career path in uh, theater, where I wanted to get into theater to, so I can get into film. So one day I can be in a Star Wars movie, since they're mm-hmm. since they're doing those. But I think later on, once I once my uh, taste refined i still love star wars um once once Mm. my kind of my identity as a theater artist started to mold i i uh pushed away from tv and film especially since i was on set for a uh, Mm -hmm. a tv uh, with juan moss shout out to juan um right i I was also shout out to juan thank you juan for all your help Mm -hmm. for everything yeah he's done a lot um i was on set for z nation while he was around and it is an intense environment. Like, I don't think yeah. I, uh, I, you know, I appreciate the, uh, what goes on behind the scenes and I didn't have a negative experience backstage, but mm-hmm. it was one of those things where it, it was kind of like a, a crock pot. It was about to, mm-hmm. there was so much pressure building up inside, mm-hmm. uh, 
this one little well th- this one little area I just felt like if you say the wrong thing that someone's going to explode mm. <laughs> mm. and uh mm-hmm. so I didn't I never got that feeling when I was in theater so I I, I appreciate theater for the rehearsals and doing stuff over and yeah. uh, taking chances and failing, you know, uh, mm-hmm. with film and TV, you know, th- I think the saying com- uh, time is money comes from right. the movie and TV world. I believe I could mm-hmm. be wrong. It's probably mm-hmm. news right there. Um, going back mm-hmm. to your family a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. What was there? Like, was there a moment where you were telling him like, Hey, I'm going to like pursue playwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, and if so, what was their kind of reaction to that? always supportive Mm -hmm. completely again just kind of like you can do this you like to eat you're going to need a day job as long as you got a day job and you're paying your bills we support you 100 Mm percent and it's and so and yeah and so yeah yeah and uh yeah it's been great seeing that they've been supporting you all this time too um Mm -hmm. how are they how are they doing with all this COVID? like your mom dad and your brother like are you um guys like spirits yeah we're yeah, yeah, no, yeah, we're keeping every everybody's spirits up and stuff, and like, like I said, being able to actually like interact with each other a little bit, sit at a distance outside, has helped a lot. Mm-hmm. I think kind of has eased some stuff. Yeah, and what's great is um, you're also with your family, but you're also interacting with people online. It kind of reminds right. me of uh, saying that Anne Bogart. Uh, you know, I mentioned Anne on the show a lot. <laughs> Shout out to Anne. Mm-hmm. Um, she talked about um, how we're not necessarily like social distancing, like we're physical. Mm. She calls it physical distancing from each other. Right. Uh, this year more there now more than ever, we're trying to find different ways to connect with each other. Connect. Right. And um, you know, you're doing that not only online, but like with your family, but also with food. Um, mm-hmm. Food has for me always been a good uh, way to connect to people, especially like in Saudi Arabia too. It's a big thing. Um right. Has your passion for food always, like, always been? Well, besides eating it, obviously, <laughs> uh, but um, like cooking um, and uh, your food. I would. Um, I like to. I'm a. I have a crock pot, and that's good bachelor cooking because I like to. You all you have to do is like throw in a bunch of stuff, pour stuff on top of it, and then hopefully it's plugged in. But then you can forget about it for eight hours. Mm-hmm. And working from home, I work from home for the agriculture newspaper, so I'm able to like if I'm going to be here all day, I can like make stuff the night before, put it in the crock pot, turn it on, and then smell, let it simmer all day, and then kind of like at, at like five o'clock rolls around. And it's like, okay, good. Now I get to have pot roast, or now I get to have lamb ragu. And so, but kind of stink up the apartment all day. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, with you be, uh, having that knowledge of like theater and stuff, like, and not necessarily mm-hmm. like studying it, like, you know, some mm-hmm. of the people on the show and even myself, like at Gonzaga, mm-hmm. um, what, what are some things that you do besides writing uh, to help you, uh, you know, sharpen your. Uh, your writing mindset besides you know you're working as a journalist uh, as your uh, regular job but you're and you're also writing all the time is there anything else that you do that to help hone your skills especially nowadays well um this ties back to writing but um like occasionally i'll do like a month-long challenge where i'll try to write like um ordinarily in august if it weren't, we weren't under lockdown i'd probably be doing like a trying to write a 10-page play a day mm-hmm. Uh, and then February is typically a, a, a monologue a day, and then 
April or May, somewhere in that late spring window is a one minute play a day. And that's just it. So you sit down and there's a white piece of paper in front of you. Cause I, I try to write longhand first or sometimes the computer, but, um, and sometimes it's like, okay, you've had this idea for forever. Now let's see what it looks like. And then sometimes it's like, okay, you don't know what you're writing today. Mm-hmm. Go for it. And so, um, so that I think is where some of the experimentation comes from. It's like, okay, let's just see, or today I want to write about this, or today I want to do something that accomplishes this. And, um, I've had a couple full links come out of that. It's, uh, like one, um, one, my, one of my young adult full length plays started as a, just a 10 minute and I give myself permission to kind of go on that was going to become a falling. So I'm like, I can't write this all in one night, but I'll get to a good stopping point and continue it from there. And so, um, even like with the half hour, I'll try to give, if, if things are really cooking, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to give myself permission and go beyond this. But usually about a half hour a day is, is enough. It's like, okay, 30 minutes, I'll get to it again tomorrow and then try to leave it in a spot where it's easy to pick up because and then sometimes it's like nope if i if i if i halt here i'm going to lose this so i'm going to keep it going and see see where it goes yeah and uh with uh going back to your family too um does yeah. steven get involved with theater at all like um how has he helped you as a playwright i mean your parents oh he's in he's he studied entomology so like he he kind of leaves the writing to me which is probably good because if he did he's much funnier than i am he's very dry uh so he would he would be the the neil simon of of the the two brothers Mm -hmm. but he's like nope that's your thing and i'm like all right all right if you wanted to but um so but as an entomologist like i've written a couple insect related plays and i'll like say to him like hey is this realistic he's like well your dung beetles are talking but they're talking about like the, the facts that they're presenting are accurate and stuff. And then sometimes I'll be like, what, what insect would make a good stewardess? And he said, these are not questions that entomologists <laughs> sit around and ask themselves, Matthew, or I'll be like, okay, can pray mantis to see in the dark? Cause I have a couple novels sitting in a, in a desk drawer that are, uh, um, praying mantis private detective skulking through the insect underworld trying to solve solve cases and so like i'd be like so can they see in the dark again matthew this is not a question that a that an entomologist needs to know the answer to but yes it is accurate in that your praying mantis is wearing is wearing a trench coat and crime solving but yeah wow so entomologist is the study of bugs because i'm Yes, insects. Okay, Uh, I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask you initially, but you. you, uh, (laughs) But gosh, that's another like that's like another uh, quirky thing. I don't think I've ever met someone who studied like bugs. I hate bugs, but and I didn't. They're cool. So like he would would usher like spiders out of the house, or if a moth gets in the house, he'll cup it in his hands and go through the house and let it outside and stuff in there. I mean, they everyone serve every every everything serves a function, an important function in in society. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like despite the yeah. fact that I dislike bugs, you know, uh, right? Uh, I they're part of the the big circle of life, you know. Not to the ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. not to quote the Lion King here and get sued by Disney, <laughs> but um, right. Yeah, I that's another like just. It's like kind of just like quirky thing that I'm learning today about your life. Like you love soap operas and your, bro- your brother loves, mm-hmm. really loves bugs, <laughs> you yep. know, essentially. Yep. Um, let's see. Have you written plays about bugs? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I've got a couple. Um, I've got um, Dung Beetle Family Reunion is a ten minute play. Um, Jenny Oliver made the mistake. I, I say that kiddingly of saying, um, like uh, a couple years ago, I had a, a showcase of. Uh, 14 or 15 plays at um, Ignite Community Theater and in a very nice post she said if Ma- Matthew is the bee's knees in fact if he wrote a play about bee's knees I think it would be adorable and I was like challenge accepted so last year I wrote a play that uses is about bee's knees and is the main characters are two talking bee's knees on this bee and so yeah and, um, and again asked Stephen and he was like well Yes, it's accurate, except your bees' knees are actually talking. So, yeah. <laughs> so the bees' knees are like talking? Are the, are the main character of the story. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much like the plays that you write. You know, like uh, yeah. they're heartfelt. Um, I remember seeing uh, your one-minute play, which I think you introduced me to the idea of a one-minute play. Right, um, right. The one with all the animals in all the world. Yeah. And, yeah, I, uh, dude, I, uh, my dog, like that was like the year, like one of the dogs died, and yes. I was just like, yes. oh man, this is, uh, this is hitting me, because <laughs> I remember you sent mm. that play, and I was like, oh, this is, uh, this is interesting, like, uh, this is really, this is such a cool concept, but then I had that context of, oh man, my dog's dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I love your work. I think, uh, um, thank you it's so cool knowing somebody who just writes all the time, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, like you don't know when to stop. You're nonstop. <laughs> you, um, what, what, do you, what do you think? Uh, what do you think it is about you that makes you not want to stop writing? Like, I know you enjoy it. You studied it and everything, but like, I feel like even, even I feel like I have to take a break from theater for a <laughs> while. Like, I, I don't think I could, direct 300 plays in what uh, in a year it's it's my oasis it's like it, it keeps me out of trouble it's just what i'm doing like especially right now too it's like where do you go where do you escape to well now i'm like i'll visit with friends i'll visit with family i'll like watch, watch tv a little bit and stuff but it, it's helping my forward momentum. I, I, I like, I, I like to think I have a good, I'm laying the foundation for something hopefully. And again, the, the kite is up in the sky I'm throwing up key after key after key. Something's going to strike and somebody's going to say, Hey, what else you got? And I'll be able to say, here you go. Here's the kite. Here's the string. I've got all this. And it, it, it's starting to happen. My goal kind of over the last, probably five years, 10 years has been slowly get more on the radar for more people. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, but it, it's so hard to do it naturally. I mean, well, you got to do it naturally. It's so hard to force it. You don't want to just be like, Hey, here I am. I'm a playwright. Da, da, da. And people are like, okay, thanks weirdo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just kind of again, going back to Steve Martin, his, one of his mottos is be so good. They can't ignore you. Mm-hmm. And so it, I'm hoping to kind of just slowly build and people are like, Hey, I've heard Matthew Weaver write some stuff. And then slowly it's like, Oh, Matthew Weaver writes a lot. Oh, Matthew Weaver's getting submitted a lot. Oh, Matthew Weaver just had another place. submitted, which is kind of what seems to be happening, but also um, kind of building up like that artistic community too, like here locally, obviously, but also online. Like I think over the last 
five, ten, five years, especially slowly getting more on the radar. The new play exchange, we're reading different, everyone's reading each other's works. And so it's kind of like, hey, I read this thing. You did a really good job. What else you got? And then also kind of looking out for each other you know, to say, hey, there's this opportunity. Did you hear about this? Um, I, it's not so much just me. I want to help other people. I want to help raise other people up as well. So it's kind of, even if it's like, hey, you're a great director, you're a great actor, you're a great playwright, you guys get together, you work on something, I'll just sit in the audience and see what you come up with because I like all of you. Mm-hmm. And just as a fan, if I can even in a little bit help create something and then sit back and bask in it, that that's kind of one of my goals too. I'd love to get to that point where it, you've got like this little traveling caravan of like actors directors writers and it's like all right we did this now let's see what we can come up with uh Go from there. sounds like what i'm doing yeah <laughs> the traveling theater company for layered artists that's exactly right. where we are i described it to my designer um we're essentially a circus you know yeah Even the logo is kind of designed like a circus too um right. i'm looking at the clock here it's five twenty. Matthew has to leave. Uh, Matthew has to leave us real soon, unfortunately. But uh, yeah. so uh, that means we got to cut this short. So I'm going to ask you uh, another question, kind of that I ask everybody uh, on the okay. show. Um, you know, you have so many people who uh, you're thankful for and bringing you up to where you are now, especially like your family. And you know, family is important. Um, so uh, that's why I wanted to talk about them the most. <laughs> um, right. But, Pretend, or maybe you don't have to pretend. Maybe you'll see him today. Who knows? Um, but, but let's just say, pretend they're right here right now. Uh, okay. What is something that you want to tell them? They know. They already know. We're very close. So, I mean, I don't think there's anything that's unspoken. They know I love them, and I know that they love me. So there isn't really anything that that is un, that they wouldn't i mean they know mm-hmm. well, that's yeah. that's that's amazing i mean that's that's a good one uh, <laughs> um i hope no one else like kind of steals it like oh they know they know <laughs> they know like they, <laughs> like uh knowing uh knowing just the support from your family i like, i believe you i'm i'm not going to i'm not going to yeah. call you out on that <laughs> yeah no yeah um so guys gals and non-binary pals uh this has been wayward artists in a wayward world we're in the lightning round questions of the show uh it's a series okay. of five questions i ask each and every guest each and every week they're fun they're not so quick uh and they're a good time some of them are weird um one of them in particular right. <laughs> um, <laughs> getting a lot of good reactions from that the fifth question uh the okay. audience knows what that is so uh matthew are you right re- are you ready i i believe i'm ready. all right matthew uh question number one what would be your perfect day my perfect day um would be spent with somebody special mm-hmm. And we would just be hanging out and just be glad to be together. Yeah. Uh, where are you going with the special person? Like anywhere in particular? No, nowhere in particular. Even if it was just hanging out at the DMV. Oh, wow. Just, just, someone, just someone that I'm excited to be with who is, is excited to be with me. Oh, that's lovely. Um, usually people go into detail about that. But I think that's, I think that's important. As long as you're with good company. Um, yeah. Anywhere could be a good place and any day can be a perfect day. 
if you're with the right people. And the DMV, and the DMV is so slow. In fact, that's the perfect place to go with someone you want to spend more time with <laughs> because time stands still. Yeah, it's the perfect place to go with someone you want to spend more time. Hopefully, with. Um, maybe not uh, my friends. I feel like they would. Uh, <laughs> I feel like they. I would... No, someone special, <laughs> Sid. Right. Someone you're like, okay, I want to spend as much time with you as possible. Go to the DMV. Just hang out. All right. You know what? I'm going to ask Art and see if he'll, when he, (laughs) when he comes all the way from San Francisco to see me here in Spokane, if he wants to go to DMV with me. (laughs) That's where. (laughs) And if he says yes, he's a keeper. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, Question number two What's your third favorite movie? Third favorite movie. Okay. Um, Okay. Because first favorite is Ghostbusters. Mm Second favorite is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle: Secret of the Ooze. Mm-hmm. Probably third favorite would be L.A. Story by Steve Martin. Oh, uh, see, see how we tied that together. Yeah, nice. what's uh, real quickly? What's uh, what is L.A. Story? L.A. Story is a movie written by Steve Martin, uh, in which he plays a weatherman who meets the love of his life with the assistance of a talking road sign. A talking road sign. Yes. Have you not? You've not seen this. Uh, no, no, he wrote it to himself. So again, when, when we talk about knocking Steve Martin down and stealing his career, Mm -hmm. that that's one of the things that I would, so one, one day I would love to write my own movie in which I could star in, in something hopefully as good as LA story. Sounds like uh, it's a job for Juan Moss and reaching out to him. <laughs> I mean, you, you already facilitate the writing. He just facilitates really? the, uh, the movie. <laughs> Juan, give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to try to get him on the show. I feel like he has yeah. a lot to say. Um, question number yeah. three, how would I describe you? How would you describe me? Unstopping. Stopping? Non-stop. Non-unstop. Oh, non- non-stop. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, there's that. But I, I, I feel like you're like a. I feel like people said this about you too. Like you're like this big teddy bear. I don't know. Like you're, you're okay, very, you're it. very warm. Uh, and I've, I've said it about a few people. But like you, you definitely are. You, you, you have a very warm voice uh, when I talk to you. And uh, I'm very inspired by how much you write and how much you like uplift the community. I've, I've seen like. I see it on Facebook and all that and the plays that you write um, uplift other, other people. Um, I, I haven't, Thank I haven't you. read all your other work, but the plays that I did were uh, see you uh, write, you know, it deals with dark stuff, but um, it's not a way to, you know, put you in a bad mood. You still, you feel, you feel hope, you know, like for humanity, uh, even when dogs die and <laughs> like mm. uh, it was a celebration of that dog's, uh, who passed away in the play's life. Yeah. And all the animals in the world came and celebrated, which is, mm. yeah, I'm almost crying right now. Just thinking about my dog. Mm. <laughs> um, but let's move on to question number four. Cause you have okay. five more minutes. So you need to go. Yeah, we're doing fine. We're doing um, fine. What's your favorite ice cream topping? Ice cream topping hard shell. Har- That's the stuff that like the chocolate sauce that you pour and then it hardens. Mm-hmm. And then you, and yeah, my entire family will will put hard shell on like peppermint ice cream in particular, and so you get, it's like peppermint. And then so you can do it like a couple times, and you just you have to wait like maybe two minutes, which is excruciating. But then you get to eat like this hard stuff, and then you get the ice cream on the bottom, and then you go for it again. Yeah, I I know what you're talking about. I I do love that yeah. kind of uh like that 
chocolate sauce that hardens. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, remember yeah. as a kid, I, I don't think my mom allowed it <laughs> in the house. Like, <laughs> uh, she was good on candy and everything, but like definitely mm-hmm. like not too much of it, and especially like on ice cream. Yeah. Well, she'll bring. I think she would. You know, I'm I'm probably not giving her too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> uh she was i i think for for our own good she was pretty uh strict in that regard um yeah. and then question number five and the most important question on the show okay uh left twix or right twix i actually don't eat twix though but you gotta pick one i gotta pick mm-hmm. one and, and so in my answer people so probably i'll go left twix because i'm lucky there we go um that's a good answer. A lot of people picked right uh, because of that. Um, we've had a lot of cool answers on the show. Uh, you got to listen to all the episodes, though. Right, <laughs> uh, right. See what everybody answered. Um, some of them got really philosophical about their choice. And, you know, I, I love that. You know, I appreciate that. I think I chose right, yeah. too. Kind of like similar to your response because I'm right-handed and it's easier. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> one, one in particular, going back to art, he said uh, he's picking left. He picked left because to advocate for left-handed people and left-handed things. Mm-hmm. And so you have a you have an ally there. <laughs> Thank you, Art. Yeah, there we go. Um, I one one time I was eating and a lady come across and she said, "Ah, oh, fellow lefty," and I said, "Soon we'll take over the world." And she nodded and she said, "It won't be long." <laughs> yeah, shout out, shout out to left-handed people, man. I yeah. feel like they get a bad rep for some reason, um, culturally or whatever. But they're just people too. <laughs> it's 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 resistance because you know we're coming and we're going to take over. Oh man, I, I'm ready. I'm ready for some kind of takeover. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Uh, so guys, gals, and non-binary pals, uh, this has been Wayward Artists in a Wayward World. Matthew, um, any final words? Sid, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I, we uh, we got to yeah. have you on again sometime so we can have a longer discussion. Anytime. Uh, m- maybe talk more about soap operas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, without further ado, it's been real. Oh, my God.